This is your official NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver thoughts and reactions for both nights. Now, I am recording this on Thursday. Like, as you know, night two hasn't even started yet. It is 3.17 p.m. in my area. I'm going to talk about the first night first, and then the next part, we're going to be talking about night two uh, after it's over. I am your host, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes. It is your boy, Shino Phoenix, and... What a way to kick off WrestleMania week, uh, talking about NXT TakeOver, which always delivers, and I, I, I really love NXT and their TakeOvers, they know how to get you pumped, they know how to get you excited, but uh, I'm, I'm really got a lot to say when it comes to these matches, but literally, I thought night one was very good. It was a really good um, start to uh, to the matches, like wrestling-wise, which I thought was very good. Not just good, but excellent. But this, night one, like I said, was very good. We got new champs, which we will talk about late later. And uh, I'll have my thoughts on that. But before we do that, I mean, this week is going to be really busy. I'm going to be doing this, talking about TakeOver. Then we're going to talk uh, WrestleMania for episode uh, 111. Like, lots of stuff, man. And then Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to take notes on WrestleMania for both nights. And Monday, we're going to do a recording. And I'll try and post it as quick as I can for uh, for WrestleMania. Like, give my review for that post-mania. And lots of stuff that we got. So we got TakeOver, the episode 111, and WrestleManias. Like I said, I'm going to be up and running. Like, working my ass off for getting this content up for you guys. So, that's what's going on right now. But, social media. Let's quickly go through that. If you are a new listener, you might want to write this down in your uh, with your handy-dandy notebook or type it on your phone. If you're an OG listener, you guys know the drill. If you have a Twitter, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at SheenoDPhoenix. I do live tweet for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. I did not live tweet for AEW because NXT TakeOver was more important. You don't want to miss a TakeOver. It's very... Del- is very good, and I managed to catch up with Dynamite uh, to, right after I finished recording, and I'll have my thoughts on that on episode 111, but we got, I do live tweet for that on a rare occasions, Impact, NXT UK, which I just watched their prelude, which I thought was very good, and, uh, and um, New Japan. And I have my thoughts on uh, Sakura Genesis for the next episode. Just two big things that happened that I wanted to discuss. So that's your little preview for what you're going to get for episode 111. Now, if you have a Twitch, make sure you guys follow me on Twitch at Phoenix. I do live stream uh, Saturdays. Uh, I'm going to be... Like, I'm going to do this one early because WrestleMania is that Saturday. And... I'm about to go on Peacock, and I'm going to share my experience with Peacock, because I did it with the Hall of Fame, and I did it with TakeOver, so 
let's see, judging by the schedule for NXT, not NXT TakeOver, but WrestleMania, it's 6 o'clock, so I want to stream early, so I'm leaning towards a 12 p.m. stream, and I might stop at around 4 or 5, and um, I have to do my work regarding WrestleMania, so that's that. That's the plan that I'm going to do. So, if you have a Twitch, follow me on Twitch, Ashino Phoenix. I stream different games that pleases me, but most of the times I love streaming Fall Guys, Overwatch, and Apex Legends, which I need to get back into Apex Legends. Because since it's WrestleMania week, I've been pretty busy. <laughs> so, that's what's going on. Um, Instagram. If you have an Instagram, make sure you guys uh, follow me, Cool Man Sip. That's. CYP, by the way, for the last part. Um, I do post game-related now since I got back on Twitch. And um, if there's an update regarding my podcast, on a rare occasions, I will post it on my Instagram. But if you want to see, like, me, and just without me doing a podcast, just follow me on a, on cool Instagram. Cool Man Sip is the name. Because I like meeting new people. And I like promoting my streams on Instagram. Because I feel like I like meeting more new people on Instagram than I do uh, Twitter for some reason. I don't know why. But finally, Facebook. If you have a Facebook page, make sure you like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. That way you can get updates. That way you can see the episodes that are posted and reviews that are posted. So I want to be fair to everybody. And that's pretty much it. But... Let's get right into the show, and before we talk about the pre-show match, um, here's the experience I had with Peacock for the, for me, like the Hall of Fame one, like I had a, no issues, a little bit. This this one for night one, the only it to, the only times it buffered, it was twice, and it dropped the quality a little bit. But it managed to pick back up, and then I had no problems with it. But overall, I thought it was a good experience for me when it comes to Peacock. Now, the pre-show match. We had Zoe Starks versus Tony Storm. Mickey James was on commentary for this match. I thought this was very good, in my honest opinion. Like, I see a lot of... I see big things coming for Zoe Starks in the future. And I really mean this in a good way. I think she's going to be somebody... To be on the lookout for. Now they start by locking up. And then we had Matt wrestling. In the beginning. We had Tony Storm hitting a shoulder tackle on Starks. Zoe with a forearm. Excuse me. With a forearm. And hits Tony with an enziguri. Um, No, 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 no. Zoe hit a forearm and hits Tony with a European uppercut. Into a springboard dropkick. Which looked beautiful. Tony changed the momentum by slamming her. Uh, Starks with her hair. Um, Tony hits a superplex for a two count. And she applies to have Boston Crab, but Starks pushes her off. We had Storm hitting a European uppercut. Storm hits a chops and strikes on Tony. Storm body slams uh, Starks and Tony gives her, goes up top. But Zoe hits an enziguri and hits a middle rope superplex. Um, Zoe unleashes strikes on Tony. And Starks, what I believe, hit a half-dragon suplex into a single-leg dropkick for a near-fall. 
Tony Storm hits an electric chair slam for a close near fall. Storm um, looks for the Storm Zero, but Starks with the like hook kick to the face of Storm for a near fall. Tony Storm hits two German suplexes and is looking for Storm Zero, but Zoe cradles Tony for the win, and this match lasted 9 minutes and 50 seconds. Zoe Starks, I expect big things for her. I think this company has big plans for her since she's been impressive. Like, the former Lacey Ryan has been impressive in the indies, and she's bringing it in NXT. So I think there's going to be big plans for her. I don't know what's going on with Tony Storm. Like, I feel like she's directionless, and that's something that I don't want from Tony Storm. Maybe it's just that her heel run isn't clicking with most people. But, um, <laughs> got a notification, Twitch related. No, like website related. I just got distracted by that. Anyway, I don't know what's going on with Tony. Like, she lost. We haven't seen much of Tony Storm ever. I think after she lost to Io Shirai. And in that NXT Women's Championship match. I feel like, I don't know what's going on with Tony Storm. Maybe it's just that her heel run is not clicking, but she is a great wrestler. And I think she does a good job as a heel, but maybe to most people it's it's not that. I think it's just something is missing on the main show with NXT in the U.S. But this was a good match. Zoe Starks gets the win, and like I said, I expect big things for Miss Starks uh, in the future since NXT is now going to be on Tuesday. We kick off the main show with Pete Dunne versus Kushida. This was a technical wrestling match at its finest. And I love technical wrestling matches. But if Pete Dunne wants to say he's the best technical wrestler in the world, you might want to talk to Zack Sabre Jr. from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, this was really good. Uh, Kushida... Well, I'll, I'll discuss Kushida later, but... Here's some of the rundowns I got for this match. Pete Dunne, he got a new theme music. I don't know if it's remixed, but it sounds pretty good. But, I mean, I've, I really missed his old theme, though. But looks like a new theme, new attitude, whatever. I think it's fine for what it is. Both men, they try to go for submissions as soon as the bell rang. Uh, Pete Dunne hit an X-Plex on the apron on Kushida. We had Pete Dunne hyperextending the shoulder and the fingers of Kushida. We got Pete Dunne and Kushida trading strikes with each other. And Kushida hits a cartwheel dropkick on Dunne. And my notes always act up when this happens. Um, Kushida hits a handspring back elbow on the outside, by the way. Right by the ramp. And he hits a running PK on the arm of uh, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne then applies a triangle choke, but um, Kushida escapes. Dunn was looking for the bitter end, but Kushida hits God's last gift, which is Seth Rollins' old finisher move, the former Tyler Black, for a near fall. Kushida avoids an enziguri and hits a Falcon Arrow cross arm breaker combination, and Dunn, he manages to escape from that. We had Dunn stepping on the elbow, and it looked like it just fucking bent. That's how great Kushida sells. Like... 
Dunn steps on the elbow of Kushida and hits a butterfly cross on Breaker, which was beautiful. Fucking beautiful. Both men are trading strikes and they knocked each other down. Kushida hits a Spanish fly hoverboard lock, but Pete makes it to the ropes. Kushida then applies another uh, submission, but Pete puts his leg on the ropes. In the end of the match, we saw Pete Dunn break the fingers, not physically, just snapping the fingers of Kushida. Um, Kushida hits the baseball punch with the damaged finger. Pete rebounds, stomps on the finger, hits a high kick, bitter end, one, two, three, Pete Dunn is your winner. This match lasted 10 minutes and 38 seconds. What a great way to kick off the main show for um, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Pete Dunn, man, like I say it every time, he is somebody that I love to watch every time he's in the ring. And Triple H knows great talent, and Pete Dunn is one of them. Now, what I hope they do more with is Kushida, because I think ever since he lost to Johnny Gargano at TakeOver uh, Vengeance Day when he should have won, like I feel like that loss really derailed his momentum a little bit, and he's back from square one. Like I don't know what's going on. I hope they have plans for Kushida, because I don't want to see him just being pushed to the side. Like I don't want him to be known for just having great matches. I just want him to win his way up to the top and go after titles. That's what I want from Kushida. And I hope that's what they do because, like, I feel like I still say this every time. I just think the loss to uh, Johnny really derailed his momentum a little bit when I feel like he should have won at the last takeover, Vengeance Day, which was a great match. So I hope they have plans for Pete Dunne. Up next... We had the Gauntlet Eliminator match to determine the number one contender for Johnny Gargano's NXT North American Championship for night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Now, this Gauntlet match is different from the main roster because instead of two people being in the ring, there will be a t- there was a time limit for three minutes when each participant will come in for three minutes. And I just love how NXT makes this rule so simple. Something that the main roster should really, really take notes on. And if you want me to be real, NXT is the true main roster when it's booking done correctly. And that's what NXT is, in my honest opinion. Now, we had Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes. Maybe it's the other way around. Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed, and... Dexter Loomis and LA Knight, which these guys went 20 minutes, 20 minutes, according to my time, like they went 23 minutes and 47 seconds. Pure action is something that I love. Now, Leon Ruff, he was supposed to come up, but he gets tossed by Isaiah Swerve Scott during his entrance. And I got to mention... Isaiah Swerve Scott looks great with that entrance attire. It just makes him stand out as a great bad guy. Now, both men, they brawled before the bell, like like before the bell even rung. They were brawling on the outside. You had Ruff landing in the barricade, and he hit a jumping drop kick off the barricade, which looked fantastic. Now, the match began, and Ruff sends Scott on the outside and looks for a dive. 
but Scott catches him, sends him to the barricade, and hits a running drop kick. We had Leon Ruff, and I love Leon Ruff when he hits his twisting uh, cutter. It's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty for, um, <clears throat> like, it's a thing of beauty because he does it fluid in motion. Now, and he sends Scott to the ring for a cover for a near fall. We had Scott slingshotting Ruff on the ropes, throat first, and he was looking for the power bomb, but Ruff counters it into a Rana. Now, Bronson Reed comes out. He comes out and catches Ruff. Like, Ruff was trying to do a crossbody, but, and Bronson Reed's like, no, 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 you really think you're going to crossbody me? No, thank you, and he tosses him in the ring, which I thought was funny. Um, Reed hit a running splash in the corner on Isaiah Swerve Scott. You got Reed and Ruff hitting, well, Bronson Reed had um, Isaiah Swerve Scott in the suplex, and Ruff comes in with a crossbody, which I thought was very good. Now, Reed, he actually paid homage to Yokozuna, which I loved, with two bonsai drops on Leon Ruff, one on the back and one on the front. We had Reed hitting a German suplex on both Ruff and Scott, which, like, it was brutal. He picked both of them up with ease and just tossed them like it was nothing. Now, Cameron Grimes is out. I'm stacking money Money, money, I'm stacking money. I can see it soaring to the moon. Oh my God, I, I'm biased towards that song. It's so good, it's so good. Uh, oh my God, Cameron Grimes is out next. We had Scott dropkicking Reed and Grimes hits a moonsault on Bronson, which I thought was very good. Grimes hands Isaiah Swerve Scott money so they could work together to take out Leon Ruff after... And I thought it was it was really good. We had Scott hitting Ruff with the uh, running Death Valley driver on the corner, like right on the, like right on the corner. Dexter Loomis comes out next, and while Loomis came out, Scott eliminates Ruff with the house call, which I, that was not a surprise because I know that feud is going to continue. Um, we had Loomis hitting a DDT on Reed on the outside. Loomis, he was running house on Scott and Grimes. We got Reed and Loomis slugging it out. And he sends Reed on, on the outside. And he clothesline Cameron Grimes on the outside. And he joins out. Like, he joins out as well. Like, he clotheslined him out with his whole body. And his leg got stuck on the rope for a little bit. Then the final participant, L.A. Knight, came out. He starts talking trash. Reed just comes up. And sends him to the ropes. You had Reed hitting a Samoan drop on Knight. Like he countered, I think, what was supposed to be a springboard um, diving elbow. Like a diving clothesline. But um, you got Reed countering that with a pop-up uh, Samoan drop, which looked nice. You got LA Knight hitting a reverse neck breaker on Reed. He hit a power slam on uh, Grimes. Now... Dexter Loomis had Cameron Grimes in the silence. And L.A. Knight rolls up Loomis and eliminates him. Which, look, that was a really good spot. And I honestly thought Dexter Loomis was going to win. So, after what happens next, this is what we got. Um, you got Reed eliminating uh, 
LA Knight with a senton. Like, I'm trying to remember here. Yeah, he eliminated uh, LA Knight with a senton. And on the outside, you see Dexter Loomis putting the silence on LA Knight. So it looks like that's a program that we're going to be seeing. We had a really great s sequence that I, I can't even put it in words, but there was a lot of striking contests back and forth. We had stereo super kicks. Like, this is how it happened at the end, if I can remember. We had Isaiah and Cameron hitting a stereo super kick on um, Cameron, not Cameron Grimes, on uh, Bronson Reed, who was selling the effects of it. And I believe we had... Um, we, I believe we had um, Scott hitting house call on Cameron Grimes, and he's trying to cover, but he Reed falls on uh, both men, which I thought was really nice. Fast forwarding a little bit, we had both Cameron Grimes and Isaiah Swerve Scott trading roll-ups, but Scott gets the better of it. He rolls up Cameron Grimes with a handful of tights and eliminates Cameron Grimes. Then we get to Scott and Reed as the final two. You had Scott slamming Reed on the apron. He, like, you know, the hardest part of the ring, because they constantly say that. Scott hits a 450 splash for a near fall, which looks fantastic. Scott hits two house calls on Reed. He was looking for another one, but, like, you know, Reed, Bronson was just egging him on, just come on. So, house call one. Like, Reed egging him on to... Give me more. Another one. He tries to go for a third one, but Reed catches it, but Scott kicks Reed, kicks Reed, I believe, in the ribs, and he hits another house call, and I thought that was it. He hits house call for a close near fall. Reed hit a, a power bomb. This is the end of the match, and it looked like a reverse uh, pile driver, and he goes up top, Hits a tsunami splash, which is literally his diving splash, and covers one, two, three, and he wins the gauntlet match. He will be challenging Johnny Gargano for night two, and I hope they put the title on Bronson Reed. Like, I predicted Gargano should retain, but I'm, my, I'm switching that prediction. I'm going with Bronson Reed. I feel like it's his time. Gargano's done everything he can with the NXT North American Championship. I feel like Bronson needs it more, because... I think Triple H has been praising this guy so much. Why wouldn't you put the title on Bronson Reed? I feel like it's the right time. So, and I think this starts a new chapter with NXT now moving to Tuesday. So, and I gotta say, the MVP of this match is Isaiah Swerve Scott. Like, Shane Strickland, like, I know his work in the indies, but he continues to show why he is the fucking best in the ring. He's so innovative. He's creative at what he does. And he's just really fantastic, to say the least. That I really hope that he should be challenging for big titles like the NXT Championship or the North American Championship. I think that would be great. That's just the way I see it. Like, Isaiah Swerve Scott put on a performance of his life. And I think he was the MVP of this match. That's my honest opinion. He was the MVP. Now, this next match, if you want to talk about brutality, hard-hitting, and just honestly what I thought was the best match of night one, Walter defending his UK championship against um, 
Tommaso Ciampa. Oh my god. This was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They delivered on this. And um, man, I, I just, I sat there and I had no words. I literally had no words. I'm like, oh my goodness, this was great. Absolutely great. And I'm proud of both men for putting their bodies on the line um, for this match. Now, Ciampa, let me mention this, Tommaso Ciampa, he shaved his head, thank Christ, and he looked like the psycho killer of old. Now, Ciampa, he slaps Walter and proceeds to stomp on him in the corner. You got Walter hitting, he chops at a charging Ciampa, which, like, I say this every time about, about Walter. When you hear him chop someone, it sounds like a fucking gun went off. That's how devastating his chops are. He has the best knife edge chops in pro wrestling, in my honest opinion. Walter was looking for the chop, like, on the outside, but he misses. He actually chopped the desk, and it broke. Like, not the commentator table, just the part of the desk, that, that wooden part. It just broke by Walter's chop. That was insane. Um, Ciampa blocks a chop with an elbow and lays out strikes on Walter, and he works on the injured hand. We get a big boot by Walter to change the momentum, he applies the single leg Boston Crab and was looking for the cross face, which uh, Ciampa escapes. He ducks the chop and he hits multiple clotheslines and I counted 23 clotheslines. And he gets chopped by Walter, but it fires him up. And Ciampa hits an air raid crash for a near fall. Ciampa then hits a fairy tale ending and I thought this was going to be it, but... I said Walter is gonna win this anyway, and we got a fairy tale ending for a near, a near fall, close one at that. We had Champa, he hit a running knee strike and is looking for another one, but Walter applies a chokehold and hits a German suplex and follows it up with a lariat for a near fall. We got Champa biting the hand of Walter and he applies the armbar on Walter, but he makes it to the ropes. You got Ciampa stomping on Walter and proceeds to ground and pound him. And he was looking for Willow's bell, but Walter rolls out. You got Ciampa hitting an avalanche air raid crash, which uh, that was just beautiful for a close near fall. Ciampa um, chops Walter and both men started trading chops at each other. He cranks the neck with his leg, Walter does, on Ciampa. And hits two power bombs for a close near fall. This was awesome. This is awesome chance galores the Capitol Wrestling Center. Now Walter, he hits a sleeper suplex and he chops Walter. Not not Walter. He chops Champa and covers to win and retain the NXT UK Championship. This was fucking fantastic. And honestly. One of the best matches on that TakeOver card. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This was the best match on night one of TakeOver. And I'm being completely honest with you. I think that is the best outcome. Now, we're, And I honestly thought um, Timothy Thatcher was going to get involved, but we didn't see that. It was a clean, straight victory. 
it was really, really good, in my honest opinion. So, and I watched him take on Rampage Brown. I will get my thoughts on that on episode 111. So, we'll talk about that later. Um, we get a vignette for Frankie Monette, who is Taya Valkyrie. She will be making her debut on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that. See what Tyre brings to NXT because she's a damn good wrestler. She is a damn good wrestler. So I expect big things for her in the future. Then we get the vacant NXT Tag Team Championship match. We had MSK versus Grizzle Young Veterans versus Legato Del Fantasma. This was a really fun, really fun Tag Team Championship match. And it just shows that and I also got to mention this. I'll, I'll save this at the end, but like, because it involves the crowd, and I'll, I'll share that later, because it felt like I can't give it away right now because it's it's something that I've always wanted to talk about. But let's talk about this match for a bit. I thought this was really good. I'm gonna be fast forwarding some of the notes I took, but. Like, we had Zach Gibson, Wesley, and Joaquin Wilde. They started things off. We got Raul Mendoza tagging in, and they both work on, uh, they work on both Lee and Gibson. We had Gibson hitting a one-arm slam on Mendoza. Carter tags in and hits a Bronco Buster on Gibson. Drake tags in, and he runs wild on both teams. We got Drake working on Nash Carter and Boots Wild. We had Nash escaping a suplex attempt. Lee tags in, hit, and they hit multiple strikes on Drake. Carter tags in, and he hits a dive on Grizzled Young Veterans. Mendoza and Wild, and I thought this was really cool. You had Raul Mendoza hitting a corkscrew crossbody, and you had uh, Joaquin Wild hitting a conhilo, which I thought was very good. And I got to say this, Raul Mendoza is fucking underrated as shit. He is absolutely underrated. Um, you got Mendoza and Wild hitting coast to coast on Carter for a near fall. Legato Del Fantasma, they were in control of this match, attacking Carter. We had a double suplex, and Raul hits a springboard moonsault, which looked fantastic. Or the lion salt, I should say, for a near fall. Drake comes in, and he shoves Carter into lead, which he tags in, and runs Wild on both teams. You got Lee hitting a tope on Hilo on Legato Del Fantasma. Hits Drake with a back handspring kick, which I thought was very good. Mendoza hits a twisting suplex. And Lee hits Legato Del Fantasma with a moonsault reverse DDT, which I thought was great. Gibson traps the hands of Lee and Drake kicks the injured hand, which was the key factor. Gibson applies the Shankly Gates on Lee, but Carter stops Lee from tapping, which I thought was a nice uh, spot. You got Legato Del Fantasma coming in with a springboard missile dropkick to break the submission. And they hit a Shining Wizard German suplex combination. I believe it was on, uh, on Wes Lee for a close near fall. Grizzle Young Veterans hit a Doomsday device on the outside on, I believe, Joaquin... No, on Raul Mendoza, you got um, MSK hitting a double stomp, reverse fireman's carry drop on uh, Joaquin Wild 
Then we got Grizzle Young Vets and MSK in the ring. They brawl on the outside. Carter hits a double cutter. Lee tags in. MSK hits nowhere to go. And uh, they pin the Grizzle Young Vets to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. This was great. This match lasted 15 minutes and 51 seconds. And if I didn't mention the time for uh, Walter and Tommaso Ciampa, that one lasted close to 17 minutes. But this was a great match. I honestly thought Grizzle Young Vets was supposed to win this one, but I don't mind MSK. I honestly don't mind MSK. I, I just felt like it would have been better if Grizzle Young Vets got the win and MSK, they just show why they are the best tag team in NXT. And Legado Del Fantasma, I thought they did very well, but I was happy for MSK either way. I know Nash Carter was very emotional when he won the tag titles with Wesley. I just, this was a really great moment, and I feel like they should have put the Impact titles on uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. I'm just saying, Impact dropped the ball on that. But this was really, really good. I mean, not a great, I wouldn't say wasn't a great match, but it was good. It was fun, but they couldn't follow the greatness that was uh, Ciampa and Walter. That was really good, but congrats to MSK and must-see kids is what I'm going to be calling them. I guess that's what MSK means, must-see kids, because NXT on their Twitter posted that. Well, they tweeted that, so that's a theory I'm thinking of. We get Saray in the crowd with Stephanie McMahon and... I think they're going to make a big deal about Saray. And I'm going to throw out my de- my theory when we talk about this last match for night one. Finally, our main event. We have Io Shirai defending her NXT Women's Championship against Raquel Gonzalez. This match felt rushed, okay? I'm going to be the first one to... S- well, I'm not the first to say it, but I felt like this match was rushed. But these two women delivered anyway. Um, so here's some of the highlights. We have Io charging at Raquel, but Gonzalez rams her in the corner and hits a big boot. Io escapes and hits a handstand, like, kick. Like, I thought it was really good. Like, she was trying to go for a Rana, but Gonzalez powered out. Like, she outpowered Io, and Io used her, her agility and used both of her, her, um, feet to just kick the side of the face of Raquel to stun her. Io runners uh, Raquel and hits a double knee, hits a suicide dive on Raquel. Io Shirai has the best suicide dive in pro wrestling. Like, I think it's just so fluid in motion. Um, Dakota tried to get involved, but the ref saw her and she gets ejected immediately. Io hits a moonsault, which... I don't care what anyone says. Io Shirai has the best moonsault. And Io Shirai is better than Charlotte Flair. And I'm being completely honest. Um, she hits a, a moonsault on Raquel. but And goes for it again. But Raquel lawn darts Io on the ring post. Shoulder first. Raquel hits a hanging power bomb for a near fall. And she alley-oops Io on the ropes for a close near fall. We got multiple elbow drops for a two count. 
EO chops Gonzalez and looks for another one, but Gonzalez avoids it. Um, you had EO hitting a Rana into a double stomp, like a Dragon Rana into a double stomp, with look, which looked fantastic. EO hits a springboard missile dropkick and a code red for a near fall. Really good spot. She applies a cross face on Raquel, but Gonzalez makes it to the ropes. She hits a triangle moonsault on the outside of the ramp. And on the outside, EO hits a running meteora, the running double knees. And she just disappears. And all of a sudden, this skull, like which was one of the... um. One of the sets for TakeOver Stand and Deliver. EO was on top of the fucking skull. And she does a fucking crossbody. Which, EO Shirai, man. There is no doubt in saying that she is one of the greatest professional wrestlers. Male or female. On the fucking planet. And literally, Triple H knows this. And he showed it right there. Like, it still... It reminded me of when she dove on the top of that... That set for In Your House, which I thought was fantastic. Um, You got EO bringing Raquel to the ring. Hits her moonsault. One, two, 2.9. Close near fall. On the outside, Raquel hits a one-on power bomb on the outside. She tells, brings EO back in the ring, tells her to stay down. But EO hits a show tape. She goes for the ropes, but uh, Raquel turns her inside out with a clothesline. Hits a one-on power bomb. One, two, three. Raquel Gonzalez is your new NXT Women's Champion. This match lasted 12 minutes and 57 seconds, close to 13 minutes. I say this about uh, Raquel Gonzalez, man. She has come so far, so far, man. And I, I just like she came, she started with Reina Gonzalez. And she was in this cowgirl gimmick, which really did not help. And she aligned herself with Dakota Kai as a bodyguard. Like, hard work. Like, you see her improving when she was in the ring with Rhea Ripley. She bought her A-game. Like, I I say this every time about hard work. Hard work pays off. And paid paid off for Raquel it did. This was the right outcome. And I know there's people that are upset that Raquel beat EO. If EO beat Raquel, who's next? And people are saying Taya should have beat her, should be EO. They gotta build Taya Valkyrie up, who is Frankie Manette now. It would be a long road. But it was the right person. Cause she worked so damn hard. And I wanna bring up this tweet that I had to retweet because this is all true. Io Shirai, like, let's talk about Io. She's been champion for 304 days. She has successful title defenses against Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, and Mercedes Martinez. She beat Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. She had a breakout performances with Shotzi Blackheart and Zoe Starks. She main evented four special events, um, one with uh, Great American Bash, one with the Halloween Havoc, and two takeovers. This, you like, you got to hang your head for that. You got to hang your head for that. Now, Bailey isn't doing nothing at WrestleMania. She's not doing nothing at WrestleMania. And literally, literally and figuratively, 
EO has said that she wanted to face Bailey, which they could possibly do on whatever night. But there's been talks, and the rumor mill's already starting to float around that EO Shirai is going to get called up to the main roster. Now, Triple H, he had a press, he did his post takeover conference for night one, and one person asked if EO Shirai is main roster bound. Triple H responded by saying he. By saying that one law shouldn't mean moving on, but that EO has earned the right to take time off or be where she wants. And HBK literally added that she should stay in NXT to face the best women on the planet. Now, she does have a rematch. And by the way, I want to mention this. I did watch Ember's Law. Ember Moon has mentioned that she never got her rematch for the NXT Women's Championship. She was immediately called up. So I feel like they're going to build up Ember Moon to be a challenger for Raquel Gonzalez. And I could see the split between DK and Raquel. And we get a few between these two. Just like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. I think that's the direction they're going to go with. Now EO, I feel like if she presumably, we don't know when EO is going to get called up. Like I honestly don't want EO to be called up because that is a terrible decision. I feel like this company will not know what to do with EO Shirai like they're doing with Ricochet. Another guy who is a top talent who was doing great in NXT, he gets called up and he gets fucked. He's more of a jobber than the best. Like, they trouted out Andrade for being the best in the world. They didn't do shit with Andrade. I fear the same fate for Io Shirai. What? They're going to pair her on Monday Night Raw with Asuka and have the Kabuki Warriors 2.0? Like, no. No. She doesn't need to go to the main roster this soon. I feel like she should stay on NXT for a bit longer. And this is where my idea comes into play. We saw Saray in the crowd. I would much rather have Io Shirai team with Saray win the Dusty Cup next year, win the women's tag team titles, go on a dominant run, drop it to Zia Lee and Tian Sha. You have Saray facing Io, and that would be Io's send-off match. That's when you call her up. That's when you call her up. And I feel like that's the way you should do it. Like, honestly, honestly, I just think it's not the right time to call up Io Shirai. I feel like that's the rumor that's going on right now, that she might be main roster bound. It's too early. But it's up to EO herself. But knowing Vince, he'll pluck her off because we need more talent and we don't know what the fuck to do with the rest of them. That's the category I fear most when I hear about a possible NXT call-up. They get demoted. And I guarantee EO will be joining Kyrie Sane if that happens. I'm just saying that right now. You don't want that to happen. Hell, you don't want her to go to AEW. And I'm not going to bring them up in that category, but I did. But let's see what you guys think. What did you th- what did you thought about uh, night one for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver? Did they deliver on your expectations? And it's an overwhelming positive. 73% thumbs up, 9 in the middle, 18% thumbs down. So... A really good positive outcome. So tonight is night two of TakeOver. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to um, try and take notes while live, live tweeting at the same time. 
And, um, yeah, I think this is going to be really good. So, don't go anywhere, guys, because we will be. I'll be covering night two for NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. All right, guys. Before we continue on with the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Amino. Now, you may be asking yourself, "Hey, uh, Shino, what the hell is Amino?" Well, it's an app that is pretty much a network of communities that you can explore, discover, and obsess over things that you like. Say that you love video games, you wanna join the video game communities on Amino, they have it. You like music, they have it on here. Like different genres. Like, for me personally, wrestling. Wrestling is one thing I go, that I really love. And I'm part of Wrestling Amino and I met a lot of amazing people on here. So, and it's fun to interact with everybody because they are very friendly, very friendly people out there. So once again, if you want to try out Amino, it is free. I am part of Wrestling Amino right here. And th like, this is where I got started before I got into podcasting. So if you would like to download this app, it is 100% free. I am telling you, it is worth it. Download the Amino app, and hopefully I can see you guys on Wrestling Amino. And now, back to the show. Now it's time for discussions of NXT TakeOver Night 2, which has just concluded, and... Man, writing these notes down while trying to live tweet at the same time is so hard. <laughs> but overall, I thought night two was pretty good. I thought night one was better, okay? But, um, look, it was still a great takeover. They do not disappoint when it comes to uh, NXT TakeOver. And, um, <clears throat> we're going to start things off a little bit. With the pre-show match, and we ha and this was just announced. They announced that Brizongo will take on Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, and this is to determine the number one contender to take on MSK for the NXT Tag Team Championships. This match, in my honest opinion, um, look, it it was all right. It was all right. I mean, I really wasn't feeling this match, and I'm just questioning Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. And Brizongo, two baby faces. Well, maybe a tweener. Because, like, going after MSK. I mean, this is why I said they need more teams. But we'll get to that uh, later. So, we got Brizongo dressing up as pirates. And, I, and I'm sure someone in Japan, a certain pirate princess named Kairi Sane, is smiling down on Brizongo because they're pirates. I just want to mention that I actually wrote that on my notes because if Kyrie was here, she would be she would be just smiling her heart out because she loves being a pirate princess. Now Dane and Breeze they start things off. We got um, a tag from Maverick. He started mocking Fandango. You got Dane tagging in, and Maverick puts a hat, a pirate hat, on uh, Killian Dane's head, and. Maverick gets thrown by, by Dane to Brizongo. And for the most part, 
Breezango was taking control. We had a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker by Fandango for a two-count. Um, we have, like, it was just them dominating the match until Dane gets the hot tag, and he runs wild on uh, Breezango. We got Dane hitting a Uranagi on uh, Fandango, and he followed it up with a Centon, which looked nice. Um, the ending of the match came when Dane powerbombs Maverick on Fandango, and you got Maverick in a pinning position, pinning uh, Fandango, and this was right right after Drake hit the Rana off the top rope. So, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are your number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships against MSK, which they will ultimately lose. And I feel like we're going to have either A, a new team debut, or B, they're going to feud with Legato Del Fantasma, if that's where I see things going. So the main show, before the main show started, we had a great performance by Poppy. Look, I'm biased towards my Poppy. I think she's incredible. Like, she's also one of the reasons why I love Io Shirai even more. Like, it they just gel together. They really do. <laughs> and I'm being completely honest. So, our first match kicks off with a hot one, and I'm glad they opened with this because this is why I want cruiserweights to open matches to get the crowd pumped, and that's exactly what they did. We had a ladder match to crown an undisputed NXT champion, the only one and only champion. So... Both men started with off with strikes. You had Devlin, Devlin connecting with arm with an arm drag. You got Jordan connecting to Uranagi, following it up with a standing moonsault, which looked great. Um, Devlin connects a middle rope moonsault on the outside. And he pulls out a ladder. Santos slides from under the rope. And uh, Devlin hits him with the ladder. So he climbs up, like, going back to the ring. Devlin climbs up the ladder, and Escobar attacks, and he sends him to uh, the ladder, which was set on the... which was set on the corner. And... Santos, he Irish-ripped Devlin off the ladder, into the ladder, sending him out of the ring, which looked brutal. It was a brutal Irish-rip. On the outside, Santos hit a running knee strike, you got Santos Escobar drop kicking the ladder on Devlin. Escobar then hits Devlin with a ladder twice and hits a running missile drop kick on the lower part of the ladder. Escobar climbs the ladder, but Devlin stops him and Santos immediately attacks him. You got Escobar talking trash to Devlin, but Jordan sends Santos face first on the ladder that was set on the corner. You got um Santos doing a... M- hitting a monkey flip on Devlin, but Jordan immediately climbs the ladder. There was a nice spot where Devlin jumps off the ladder and hits a DDT um, on a Santos, which looked fantastic. We got Santos. Like, I, I say this every time. You you look at people who have the best suicide dives. Io Shirai is on that list. Santos Escobar suicide dive is like a fucking torpedo that just literally comes charging at you and it looks brutal as fuck but he hit a suicide dive on Devlin to a ladder which was just brutal 
Devlin was looking for his finisher, but Santos countered it with a knee, and we got a Spanish fly from Devlin, which both men were down. Devlin climbs up the ladder, and in the corner, along with Santos, Jordan knocks down uh, um, Santos. We got Devlin, which I thought was a really awesome spot. He hit a moonsault, which, for those who don't know wrestling, is pretty much a backflip, but you're landing on your stomach. Um, Devlin hits a moonsault off the top ladder, which that elevation was spot on. Then you got Legato Del Fantasma getting involved, and he attacks Jordan Devlin. Well, they attack Jordan Devlin, Joaquin Wilde and uh, Raul Mendoza. Two underrated guys. Um, so Devlin, he threw a ladder at Santos while he was climbing, while Santos was climbing to retrieve the titles. Um, you got Devlin, which I thought was spot on. He hit a fucking Spanish fly off the ladder and on Santos and both men were down. So at the end, we see Santos, like both of them were on the ladder. Santos headbutts Devlin through the barricade, and you could see his arm was fucking uh, coming out with blood. I don't know if he landed on the back of his head. It looked brutal as shit. He wasn't getting enough from that. Santos grabs the title, and Santos Escobar is your undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And I did not have a problem with this. Now, Jordan Devlin has held that Cruiserweight title for 400 days. 400 days. And... Santos is on his 300 run as well. So, I think it's it's great that they're bringing it to the U.S. Instead of stressing about it and bringing it back to the U.K. Now, I love that Santos was celebrating with his son. I thought that was really great and a nice heartwarming mo- moment, if you ask me. And this match lasted 18 minutes and 10 seconds. And I keep forgetting to do this for... Uh, the pre-show. Well, I didn't forget on the first night, but I just forget about this one. The Brizongo and uh, Drake Maverick Killian Dame match lasted eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds. So, like, this was a great opener. This is how NXT should start their takeovers from now on. If you have a cruiserweight championship match, start it with that first. Get the crowd pumped. That's the way you should do it. We got the NXT Women's Tag Team titles on the line as Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell of The Way take on Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. This was an okay match. It was decent for what it was. Just good. Um, the challengers immediately attacked uh, the champs as soon as they, the bell rang. LeRae, she hit a senton on Shotzi for a two count. Like, she stepped on her back and then just fell back, which looked nice. Indy tags in, hit a nice sidewalk slam for a two count on Shotzi. They, they were in control of the match, and Indy, no, until Shotzi comes back when it ends a Geary, and she tags in Ember Moon. She w- runs wild on both Candice and, um, and Indy Hartwell. She was laying down strikes with on Candice, and she paid homage to Road Dog, which I loved. I loved, who is recovering right now at home, so hope, hopefully you are back at work soon, Mr. Brian Road Dog James. She tells Candace to suck it and hits a discus forearm, which I love. We got a Tower of Doom spot um, with all the women, and Indy pins Ember for a two count. Now, Indy hit a pop-up powerbomb on Shotzi, 
Because I felt... No, it wasn't on Shotzi. It was on Ember. Probably have to look back at that again. Because I've been... Had to watch a certain wild dog of mine. And that's going to be the running theme for um, night two. But... Yeah, it was a pop-up power bomb. Yeah, it was a pop-up power bomb on Ember for a two count. I had to get that memory banks right in. Candace tags in, Shotzi makes the tag, and she takes out both Indy and Candace with a crossbody. Ember tags in, and Shotzi Blackheart, man, when I see her do a suicide dive, I just cringe. I fear that she might break her neck. And I just look back at that Evolve show when she took on Brandy Lauren, who is now going by the name Skylar Moore. Like, when I see Shotzi do dives like this, because going back to the Evolve's 10th anniversary show when Shotzi took on Brandy Lauren in that um, no disqualification match, she did that fucking dive and she landed on a stack of chairs head first and it looked brutal as the fuck. Now... She did this dive, and I don't know if they if Candace and Indy card her, but it was just brutal altogether. Um, but Shotzi and Ember hit their tag team move. I don't know what it was like a Rochambeau combination for a near fall. You got LeRae super kicking Shotzi, and she hits a cheap shot on Ember. They hit um, the way hits their version of 3D. Um, for a near fall when Ember broke up the hole. We had Ember Moon hitting an eclipse on both LeRae and Hartwell, even though I felt like she didn't get all of it. Um, and Blackheart hits the uh, Centon on Indy to go for the cover and retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. So, it looked, like I said, it's an okay match. This lasted 10 minutes and uh, 34 seconds. Um, I thought this was a come down match, but decent. Now, who's next? Who's next to take on Shotzi and Ember? I've been throwing out that idea of maybe you could do Saray and Io Shirai versus Shotzi and Ember. Tell me that's not a match you want to see for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. I think that would be fantastic. But like I said, I feel like they have to build them up as a team if Io Shirai is not going to get called up to the main roster. So, I mean, that's another thing she could go for. What's next for Io? Go after the NXT Women's Tag Team title. Cement your legacy right there. And possibly win the Dusty Cup. I think that's an idea that I threw out, and I mentioned it on the night one part. That's an idea if you don't want to call her up. So... That's something for her to do, and you could give other women another spotlight while Raquel, um, while Raquel is the NXT Women's Champion. Give others a spotlight that people will want to see. NXT North American Championship match, Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano. This was fantastic. I thought this was Bronson Reed's best match on NXT. And he like, look who you're in the ring with. You're you're in the ring with. Johnny freaking takeover. And they took over and did. Indeed. And I gotta mention uh, Gargano's attire. He looked like fucking Iron Man. And hashtag Iron Man is one of my favorites. Because of Avengers Endgame. That's one of the reasons why. <laughs> nerd, nerd me aside. But this was an excellent match. I love this one. 
I thought this was the best match of the night for uh, night two until we got to the main event, which I'll like I will save that for later. Now Gargano he tried to hit a Rana on Reed, but Bronson Reed cartwheeled out of it like he's Bam Bam Bigelow paying homage to him right there. You got Bronson hitting a military press into a follow like a military press follow fall away slam, which I thought looked great. Um Gargano tried to slingshot slingshot spear, but it rocks Reed on the ribs. On the outside, Gargano, he was shoving ribs on the commentary desk. Ribs first. That played a part in that match. And fast forwarding a little bit, you got um Gargano trying to apply the work hold to bring some pressure down on Reed. You got Reed hitting a splash to change the momentum. He hits a running splash in a corner and follows it up with a choke slam. We got a Death Valley driver for a close near fall by Reed. Gargano hits a backstabber on a hanging Reed in the middle rope, which looked nice for a near fall. So Gargano, he super kicks the ribs. Like I said, the ribs played a factor into this match. And it looked like he was going for a stand and slice bread, but um, this was an awesome spot. He t- twisted Gargano around. He turned it into a fucking suplex. It looked more like a brain buster, but it was fucking fantastic. Um, we had Gargano hitting a poison Rana on uh, Bronson Reed. He hit a super kick and turn and then into a Gargano escape, but Bronson made it to the ropes. Reed countered uh, the one final beat on the outside, and he hit a razor's edge, tossing him, tossing Gargano into the ring. Um, Gargano avoids the tsunami splash and which Bronson Reed crashed and burned and like he and I just feel I feel bad for uh, Bronson Reed right there because you know I thought he was going to win with that he crashed and burned he was holding on to his ribs and Gargano Hits a super kick, which, ooh, man, I love Johnny Gargano super kicks. They are so great. For a near fall, Reed avoids a power bomb, a Rana, and hits a power bomb, but Theory puts Gargano's foot on the ropes. Now, Bronson Reed goes after Theory, and Gargano's trying to go for a dive, but he catches him, and he tosses him. To uh, Theory, if I'm correct. Maybe not. Reed hits a th- hits Theory with a suicide dive, which a guy like that size doing a suicide dive, I felt like he might have injured himself. I mean, look what happened to Ivar. Look what happened. Like, Keith Lee injured himself. Like, I think they should tone it t- down with the big men doing the dives because you don't want to risk them possibly getting injured when they're in the prime of their career right now. So, um, Gargano takes advantage of this and he sends rib, he sends Reed into the corner ribs first and was looking for one final beat, but Reed turned it into a reverse pile driver. We got Gargano hitting two super kicks and Reed hits a super kick on his own, goes up top and this is where it cost him. He goes for a moonsault, but he crashed and burned. We have Gargano hitting two one final beats. And Gargano is still 
the NXT North American Champion. This match lasted 16 minutes and 25 seconds. I thought this was Bronson Reed's best match on NXT so far. So I expect him to continue to go after the North American Championship and potentially win it. Like, why not put the title on Bronson Reed? I think he's incredible. And we'll see where that goes. Because, look, Gargano is fantastic. He is absolutely fantastic. They call him Johnny Takeover for a reason. And if he would have went to the main roster, they would have fucked this guy over. Like, he would have... Like, this is why I think Shawn Michaels is keeping this guy. Because either A, he could be the gatekeeper. Or this heel run he's doing is just so good that you just don't want it to stop. So, that's where I see things going with um, Gargano. Now... Maybe, and I'm just going to throw this out there. What if Austin Theory, like, challenge, like, I'm just throwing it out there. What if Austin Theory potentially goes after the North American title and wins it? I mean, it's possible, but it wouldn't make sense since he's still teaming with uh, Candice and Indy and Gargano. Just throwing it out there. But I think Bronson should get another shot, but... We'll see where that goes. The NXT Championship did not close out the show because, look, the unsanctioned match has the better storyline. And I think just, you know, just looking back at it, it reminds me of New Orleans. When the NXT Championship didn't close out the show with Andrade and Aleister Black. But they closed it out with an unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which is hands down one of the best unsanctioned matches on NXT and I'm so damn lucky I got to witness that. I'm never going to let that go. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. But anyway, Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship started off slow, but it picked up and it was a recipe of a great match. We had a stare down with each other when the bell rang. The match began with work holds. Um, you got Balor chopping Cross and it fires him up. And he just tosses Balor like a ragdoll, and Finn just smiles at it, which I fucking love. Now, fast forwarding a little bit, you got Cross catching Balor with a, a with a cross suplex or a straight jacket suplex. Balor he goes with a triangle arm bar, cause, and I also like that Balor was focusing on the arm of uh, Carrion Cross, so much so that he hit a DDT on the shoulder of Cross. How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> Balor, he kicks Cross in the ribs, and he proceeds to stomp on the damaged ribs. Um, Cross hit a running kick, and a power slam power slams him in the corner, and Balor just does that, um, you know that inverted um, Bloody Sunday? Like, he had him in that position and just need him. I don't know what that move... Not need him. He dropped the elbow on him. Uh, you got Balor trapping Cross on the ropes, and he rams on the ribs of Cross. Um, you got Cross hitting a running. I already read that already. Um, I also love this part. Cross hit a Northern Light suplex. I thought he was gonna pull the Matt Jackson with a Northern Light suplex party just to throw a shot at him. Probably throw a shot at his terrible acting though. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, 
Anyway, um, Cross was looking for the Doomsday Saito suplex, and Balich was choking Cross to avoid the Doomsday Saito. Balor applies the abdominal stretch, but Cross just tosses him after it. Cross counters a Shogun dropkick into a clothesline, and he sets up for the running uh, forearm to the back of the head. Finn counters it with a Pele kick and hits two Shogun dropkicks, one in the front and one in the back, goes up top, coup de gras, goes for the cover, one, two, and Karrion Cross kicks out for the close near fall and immediately applies the straight jacket. Balor escapes and applies the abdominal stretch on um, Cross and Karrion. Like, he was about to fade, and you got Scarlet just screaming at him, and I think it fired him up, and he was just raining down forearms to the back of Balor's neck. You got Cross hitting a Doomsday Saito, hits two running forearms in the back of Balor's neck, and Karrion Cross is a two-time NXT champion. This match lasted 17 minutes and 11, 11 seconds. I thought this was really good. And I think they're going to go with the original plan because Cross is going to be a dominant champion. He's going to have a long reign. And many people are going to ask who's going to take the title off him. It's too soon to ask that. Let the reign continue first. Then we can say who's going to take the title off of who. Maybe you could have him challenge Walter. Because that's the match we should have got at an Ireland takeover until COVID said, fuck all that. I think that's one idea I would do. Finn Balor versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. I think that would be great. I think that would be great. Then we get to the main event. The unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle and Adam, they got new theme music. So, Undisputed Era theme, no more. Sadness. Oh my goodness. You could have just kept the Undisputed uh, Era era theme for Adam Cole. Make that exclusive to him. Some of the themes feel generic. <laughs> Hope they do a... They need to find a better music producer to uh, help them out. Get Jim Johnson back. Um, So, you had Colin... And bear with me, guys, because this match lasted 40 minutes and 19 seconds. That's how long this match was. Now, um... Kyle and Adam, they immediately started laying blows to each other. You got Kyle hitting two running boots to Cole. On the outside, Kyle O'Reilly was looking for an armbar, but Cole it just escapes. Cole tosses Kyle on the pods, and Kyle sends Cole uh, on the uh, barricade. You got Kyle hitting multiple kicks like while Cole was sitting on the chair. like Kyle put him there. And Cole catches the third one, but and was looking for the pile driver because remember Kyle's neck play, Kyle's neck plays a factor into this, but he flips him, him over. You got Cole shoving Kyle off the top rope and on the apron and immediately clutches the neck, which was the uh, change in pace of the match right here. Cole attacks Kyle with a chair and he throws Kyle at. On the stage design, uh, right by the commentary table. 
Cole proceeds to put pressure on the neck of Kyle O'Reilly when they went back to the ring with the chair. Adam hits Kyle with a reverse neck breaker on the chair that has the UE symbol on it, the Undisputed Era symbol. Kyle's looking for the Kimura, but Adam Cole escapes and he hits the Ushiguroshi for a near fall. You got Cole taunting Kyle by saying, I made you. And he was just kicking him in the face, just taunting him. And it just lit a fire in Kyle. That and It led to both men trading strikes back and forth, forearm strikes. Kyle hits his O'Reilly combination, hits a running forearm, and drops Cole on a chair and applies the knee bar, which I thought looked great. On the apron, you got Kyle hitting a running dropkick on a sitting Adam Cole on the outside. You got um, Cole. He was looking to hit Kyle with a chair, but Kyle knees him in the back. No, he knees him in the gut and hits a discus forearm, ricocheting um, the chair in the face of, uh, of Adam Cole, baby. Kyle grabs the chair, but Cole hits a reverse neck breaker on the steel chain, which, um, no, he, no, he grabbed the chain, but Cole hits the reverse neck breaker on the steel chain, goes for the cover for a near fall. My note went to say chairs, apparently, because it likes the word chairs. Kyle wraps the chain in his legs, and he does the Kawada kicks on him, but Cole turns it into a figure four. You got Kyle reversing the hold, and... Adam goes back to the figure four. Both men are hitting forearms and they hit each other at the same time, which knocked both of them down. You got Adam Cole using uh, the chain like as a clothesline way to uh, knock down Kyle O'Reilly, which I thought was a great spot. And it just went, it went for the neck and He also hits a lung blower for a near fall, which I thought was pretty badass. You got Adam Cole. He sets two chairs together. And we got a German suplex on on, uh, Kyle. And he goes on the chair. There was one sitting on the front and the other on the back. Cole hits a shining wizard, or I like to say the last shot, on a sitting Kyle O'Reilly. And he just landed... Like on the chair, which looked brutal. Um, Kyle was looking for to suplex Cole on the steel steps, but Kyle gets conflicted. No, well, I let me rewind that for one second. Cole tries to suplex Kyle on the steel steps, and Kyle applies a guillotine and knees him in the face. Kyle then was looking to suplex Cole on the steel steps, but Kyle he gets conflicted. He tries to do it, but Cole rams him into the barricade. On the commentary table, they're brawling. They're exchanging forearms. Then you got Cole, who was looking to suplex Kyle off the uh, commentary table. But um, Kyle suplexes Cole on the commentary table, which looked brutal as fuck. Um, we got Adam Cole hitting Kyle with a TV monitor. And Adam sends Kyle back to the ring, and Cole grabs a toolbox. Now, I think he grabbed, like, a wrench or something, or tweezers, and he tried to stab uh, Kyle with it, but Kyle stopped him from doing it. Cole grabs the tire iron, but 
Kyle hits him with a forearm on Cole. He grabs a tire iron. And Adam Cole hits an enzigiri. So we got Kyle hitting a brain buster for a near fall. Kyle then wraps the chain around the arm of Cole and applies the arm bar. And it turns it into a triangle choke. But Cole escapes by hitting Kyle in the ribs with the uh, tire iron, which... You can see the neck and the ribs playing a factor for Kyle O'Reilly. Um, both men, they grabbed chairs. They started sitting. They sat down. Cole tells Kyle to do something. Kyle kicks Cole. Then Adam slaps him. And just, you could tell they were exhausted. And I had the timer on my phone. I'm like, damn, this is so long. Now, Cole... He low blows Kyle, the inner school of Shinsuke Nakamura is what I call it. And he hits a super kick directly. Like if you saw the replay, it was directly in the, like the cheek. Like right by the tooth tooth of uh, Kyle O'Reilly and he covers for a near fall. Cole then puts the chair on Kyle's neck and he tries to hit him with another chair on the neck and the rep tells him not to do it. But Cole just shoves the ref, and the ref is knocked down. And you got Adam hitting the Panama Sunrise. He goes for the cover. But, uh-oh, the ref is down because Kyle shoved the ref like an idiot. Now, <clears throat> anyway, on the entrance ramp, you got Adam Cole throwing a chair at Kyle's face. Adam Cole, he shoves Kyle on the barricade. And O'Reilly sends Cole to the barricade. Now, Kyle then applies the guillotine, but um, Cole shoves him to the barricade to break the hold. Now, we get to the top of the um, entrance ramp on the steel steps. Kyle applies the guillotine, and Cole just, at, at a desperation for es- to escape, he power bombs him on the steel ramp, which collapses. And you see blood coming from the hand of Adam Cole. And Cole kick, like kicks the side of the uh, stage set. And he drags Kyle to the top of the entrance ramp. You got Kyle collapsing out of the ring. And Cole hits a brain... Kyle with a brain buster on the steel steps on the outside. You got Cole sending Kyle back to the ring and covers for a close near fall. Like, Kyle barely got his shoulder up. Um, We got Kyle avoiding the last shot, and he applies the knee bar. Cole escapes by hitting him with the chain, like, right by the eyes. Kyle countered the Panama Sunrise into a Death Valley driver. He lowers the knee pad, hits a last shot of his own, but Adam Cole kicks out of a 2.9 near fall. Um, let's see. Kyle, he goes up top, but Adam hits Kyle with a chair. Cole said that he's better than Kyle, and O'Reilly takes the time to low blow him. He wraps the steel chair around his knee while Cole was in, was right on the chair, like which was upside down doesn't dive a knee on the back of Cole's head in which the chair just collapsed and Kyle O'Reilly beats Adam Cole in a much needed win.
And like I said, this match lasted 40 minutes and 19 fucking seconds. This was insane. I know long matches are not everyone's cup of coffee, but I thought this was better than Edge versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania last year, where they went so damn long. And it was disappointing on for that match. But um, this one I thought really delivered. And judging by the night two poll results, judging by the night two poll results, you guys seem to think it was a thumbs up show, and I agree 100%. 83% of you said it was a thumbs up show. 17 in the middle, zero. Thumbs down. But overall, what did you guys think of NXT? And you could still vote. Um, you got until like when? You got until like Wednesday. Even though NXT is moving to Tuesday, which I'm very happy for. And by the way, the uh, night one NXT TakeOver beat AEW Dynamite, which rightfully so. I'm not going to lie. At least NXT went out with a bang in this war, which thankfully is over. But overall, 80% of you said it was for the Bolts Nights of Stand and Deliver. 80% of you said it was a thumbs up show. 20% in the middle. 0% thumbs down. Overwhelmingly a positive show. So, this, I thought NXT TakeOver for both nights was was great as always. They always deliver. They never disappoint you in the end. Um, Like, I feel compelled to say that NXT is just doing great right now. It felt like the NXT of old now that they have more people in the crowd. Um... And I'm looking forward to Tuesday nights. I'm looking forward to Tuesday night. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. And um, we'll see what the follow-up is for TakeOver Stand and Deliver. The post-TakeOver Stand and Deliver. We're going to see Frankie Monette, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie, make her NXT debut. And um, we, we're going to hear from Raquel Gonzalez. We, we don't know what's going to be next for Io Shirai. But I hope they go with the idea of pairing her up with Saray. I'm just throwing it out there. But anyway, that's it for my review for both nights of TakeOver. I am getting the heck out of here. This was a great... This was a great fucking show, as always. And let's see WrestleMania top that. Let's see WrestleMania top that. You guys know the drill. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. Follow me on Instagram, Cool Man Sip. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. And um, follow me on Twitch at Shino Phoenix. And if you want, you can join my Discord. It's a chill Discord, Phoenix Phoenix Clan server. And just, just DM me if you want to join. So, like on Twitter or on Instagram. I'll try and send you a link. But until then, take care, be safe, support wrestling as much as you can. Tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to be doing my recording for uh, episode 111 of the podcast. And we'll do predictions instead of trying to cover Raw. We're, trying, we're going to do the predictions for both Raw and SmackDown. Because I know SmackDown's doing their WrestleMania edition since we got the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. We got the... Fatal 4-Way for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So, 
we'll cover that and we'll just do the predictions to close out episode 111. So till then, take care and be safe. Support wrestling as much as you can. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. This Phoenix flies off. <laughs>